Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You know what? You do not need Jesus' life in your life if you're still holding on to your old one. That's one of the things. When we come to the cross and die with Jesus, okay? But you know the great news? Jesus rose from the dead, and just as he's got a new life, we have a new life in him. Now that's the good news. You get rid of something you're not going to be able to keep, and you grab onto something you're going to hold forever. That's a pretty good deal. Your life will mean something in eternity. You know, you'll look back over your life and you'll say, God, I'm sure glad that I don't have a bunch of worthless things, trophies, hanging on the wall that don't mean anything. But Lord, there's going to be something in eternity that's going to change and make an effect on those people's lives around me. You don't you ever think about heaven sometimes. You think about that heavenly scene someday. We'll all be in, with the Lord together up there. And you will be. If you think about how fast the last 10 years went, we'll be all there pretty quick. And you'll be, and you know what I think it's going to be really amazing is when somebody walks up to you in heaven and shakes your hand and says, thank you for telling me about Jesus. Or thank you for helping me that day. Or thank you. I, I believe, friends, that it's going to be a lot different. And you know what? Nobody's going to be saying, well, you know, I, did you see my, my garden? It was really great. <laughs> I don't think people are, but they're going to, you know what's going to matter in eternity is people. Now, I know, friends, I know that when you work with people, people can be frustrating. In fact, you know, it's kind of interesting. They, they talk a lot of times about people who work with people, a lot of times school teachers and pastors and, and stuff. And if, you're, if you fall in any of these categories, you'll, you'll be able to uh, understand this, especially if you're a, a, a man, because men get their identity from what they do. That's why when two guys will meet each other, what do you do, you know? Ladies, guys, conversations are very small, very simplistic, you know, which confirms their thought that our brains are the size of a walnut. But anyway, what do you do? I build houses, you know. But you know, women aren't like that. You, 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 when you see two women meet, they don't, they don't say, what do you do? They'll say, where do you live? Tell me about your family. You know, I mean, they have a different way of, uh, because that's their value systems. Guys get their identity from what we do, and girls get their identity from where they live and their families. Primarily, don't, I don't want all the women liberals chasing me down here, but I'm saying primarily that's the way it works. And, and, and the thing is, and that's fine, but here's the problem. You as a teacher, you spend your life, you know, you know teaching people and, and blessing people and sacrificing for them. And, and dads, I know sometimes this can happen to you as well. And when you're all done, people turn around and go, bye, thanks for helping me, and they're gone. Whether it's in a school situation, whether it's in a church situation, or even worse, sometimes they'll shake their fist in your face and say, you were a terrible geography teacher, I didn't like you, you know, or something. And you go, ah, you know, because... We don't sit back and say, yes, I build houses, and there it is. It's existing. What you've spent your life doing, doesn't. You, you, there's nothing tangible to find. I believe, again, Jesus, spending his time 
developing with people and friends and, and bonding with people the same way we do, sometimes it's a thankless job. In other words, being a good mom to your kids is a thankless job. And moms and dads both, for, for you that spend your time with your kids and all the sacrificing you do for them. Do you, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're, you're under 18 years old or 16 years old especially, listen, your mom or your dad could have just said, hey, go to an orphanage. I'm going to go out and party. I'm going to have a good time. See you later. But instead, they love you enough to stay with you, to nurture you, to be there for you. And even though sometimes you think they're being narrow-minded and mean and not letting you, you know, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do, they love you and they care about you. And, and, and the thing is, I know sometimes that's a thankless job. But when you, when you invest your life in people, friends, you're not going to find the material things that are going to perish anyway. I would rather, when I was growing up, I had a mom that, and a dad. My dad worked, and my mom, she stayed home. She was a stay-at-home mom. And we weren't rich because of it. Um, we, we didn't have a lot of money. We drove old cars, and that's probably why I know how to fix stuff, is because my dad taught me how to fix stuff because we didn't have money to buy new stuff. That's not such a bad thing. But you know what? I have a mom. And I had a mom that understood and was there when I came home. And friends, I think that's a great thing. The investment was not a thing. You know, cars come and go, houses come and go, but you know what? Your life investment in people. And this is what Jesus, I think, is endeavoring to do, is show us that, listen, stuff is going to go away, but your relationships with people are what's going to last forever. Now, listen, in heaven someday, the Bible says we're going to be known as we're known. People are going to know who you are. We're going to be better looking. We're going to be slimmer. And some of you anorexic sort of, kind of, you'll be heavier. If you had a big nose, you'll have a smaller one. If you had big ears, they'll be smaller. But people, the Bible says you're going to be known as you're known. So they'll know I'm Mike, we'll know you're George, we'll know you're Sally, we'll know everybody who we are here. I think that's going to be great. And by the way, we'll be just the right age too. Now I don't know what the right age is. Probably depends on what you're doing. If you're swinging on a tree swing, 12 is a good age. I think God has the right formula for us there. But to once again refocus where our values are. And it isn't a selfish thing. People say, well, I sacrifice. You know, listen, be sensitive to other people. Friends, listen, I think, I'll be honest with you, I think we're on the horizon of some pretty horrendous times in the days to come. Uh, the Bible says that as the Lord prepares to come take His church home, the frequency of events will continue to increase. Um, uh, you, you know, we, we've all seen earthquakes in our lives. We've all seen hurricanes in our lives. We've all seen tsunamis in our lives. Jesus said it like this in Luke chapter 21. He says, when you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Now, in Revelation chapter 6, it talks about islands moving out of their places. I watched the before and after pictures in Sumatra where there were islands, and then after the tsunami and after uh, the, the change in the uh, tectonic plates, the islands are now underwater. The houses that were once on there, or what was left of the foundations after the tsunami, they're all underwater. They will never rebuild that again. And you begin to see these things, and I can begin to see them. Jesus said, look up, your redemption draws nigh. And, and my point is, is this, people are hungry. You're going to have people around you that are be going to be looking for answers. And if we give them 
something that isn't going to benefit them in eternity, then, friends, we haven't helped them at all. And I believe this is where we go and, and, and we get back to that thing. Well, if I tell people the truth about eternity and life, they won't like me or they'll think I'm a Jesus freak. Well, verse 38. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of when he comes in, the, in, in his glory and in the in, uh, glory of his Father uh, with the holy angels. Here, here Jesus is saying something. He's saying, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Do you know what tells me something? God's proud of you. He he loves you. He he sees your value in him. And I I just want to to encourage you in that, that that, that God's proud of you and he loves you. And you're his his handiwork, the Bible says, that he puts out in the the world so people can see what a Christian is. And, And we go, well, Mike, I've been such a terrible example of one. And I know in my life I have been at times. But you know what I want to tell you is this. It's when you go and tell people, hey, I'm sorry I've been that way. You know what? That speaks that you're conscious and you're aware of who you are. Rather than, well, if I offended them, too bad. It's the way it is. That's the way that we used to be. We'd offend people. We didn't care. Friends, I'm not telling you're going to be perfect out there. I wish we all could be, but I know in the Olson nature that we're still all wrestling with, we're not going to be. But if you've offended anybody, go and tell them you're sorry. Say, hey, listen, I, I might have offended you here, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Now, if they don't accept that, well, you know what, friends? It's off your conscience, and God will deal with him or her. But while you are here, and while you have relationships with people, and this is the thing, people say, well, Mike, I'd like to be around people, but they'll burn you. Yeah, that's right, they will. Some do. Now, let's look at the, uh, some of you that are in the scholarly sort of sense, and you like to look at odds and ratios. Jesus had what? One in twelve. He had Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot was somebody that Jesus had reached out to, as a matter of fact, at the Last Supper. He looked at Judas and said, what you do, do quickly. And we remember Judas got up and, and left and, and, and was to give Jesus his whereabouts later on that evening where he would be around where they could capture him easily for 30 pieces of silver. And again... I believe the whole idea there was to get Jesus to get up and run so he wouldn't die for the sins of man. And we would say, well, then they're not worth saving. Well, Jesus didn't look at the one like Judas Iscariot that left. He looked at the 11 who were faithful to him. And in fact, friends, even in their faith, they faltered. In the words of Peter, I go fishing. I mean, they all left. But Jesus didn't give up on them. And I want to encourage you not to give up on people either. There might be people that you might be wrestling with. Some of them are, are obstinate. And some of them you, you don't think there's any hope for. And this is who you're married to. But you know, some, some good news. God's got a way of healing your heart. God's got a way of encouraging your heart. God's got a way of giving you the stamina that you need to continue to be what you are in situations that otherwise would say, slip out the back, Jack, make a new plan, Stan. Because you see, friends, every one of us at times in our lives feels like going. In fact, sometimes we feel more like going than we do like staying. But again, look and see, God, what is going to be best for the kingdom of heaven? And I'll tell you, friends, when we are influenced so much with the worldly thoughts around us, whether they come through television, whether they come through the, the, the words on the songs in the radio, whether it's country, western, or rock and roll, or opera, it doesn't make any difference. 
where we're influenced by these ideas that just says, serve yourself. Forget about everybody else. All I can tell you is this. That ain't what Jesus said. And if you're called by the name of Christ, remember this. There are people who have made great sacrifices so you could be where you're at today. And so just to encourage you, and and again, moms, don't give up on your kids. And kids, listen, your moms love you. Your dads love you. They could have left. They could have said, you know what, I'm going to be a selfish person. Yeah, I know I can be forgiven by God. Let's enter into this cheap grace thing, and I'll do my own thing. Hey, you can go live in an orphanage, or go, go live with somebody, you go live with somebody that doesn't care. But they continue to love you and stay there for you because they care about you. And friends, I want you to know, we need to appreciate each other. You know, I don't think the days are here yet. And if the world keeps going the way I believe it very much could, um, we're going to really need each other. And it isn't going to be a need each other like, Hi, see you, encourage me, bye. (laughs) I think it's going to be, help me. I think we're seeing those days beginning to happen. And when I look sometimes on television and I see these people down that lost everything and all they have now is each other, maybe for the first time you have to lose everything to realize what you really do have. And so I just want to encourage you this morning that God's not forgotten you and in an adulterous and a wicked generation whose affections have turned to everything else but God is what he's basically saying here. God's heart's desire is for you to love him. He is the source of... And he's all that you need. The world says, go out and party, tear it up, destroy your life, send yourself and others to hell. That's what the world says, friends. You don't think it's true? Stop by sometimes. Go in maybe with some of the people in our fellowship to go to prison visitation. And see people who bought into the lie that it doesn't matter. Do your own thing. Uh, 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 Who cares about others? And you're going to see a ruined life. I want to encourage you that if that's ever happened to you, God loves you and wants to help you get out of that. But you need to also remember that we're living in very serious times. When people in a matter of seconds, thousands, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of people lose their lives. In Sumatra, a quarter of of a million uh, people died instantly. And so I think, you know, Lord, how can we best be effective? Well, okay, Mike, how much money you want me to write a check for? No, 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 no. It's how you can be involved in other people's lives. You know, people are lonely today. The American home is so fragmented, the term family vacation really doesn't mean anything anymore. Oh yeah, we're going someplace with my mom, with her fifth boyfriend, and you know, and 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 it, 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 we're fragmented. Do you realize, moms and dads, you that have been married for a long time in this church, you're probably the only example that they may have in their family of what a real family is. Do you realize that the way you treat each other, they people see and 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 they understand those things. I I just want to encourage you that, that people see this stuff. You're going to be their moms. You're going to be their dads. You're going to be those that that come around them and hug them and bless them when things go crazy. Because, friends, we're living in crazy days. If you don't believe me, watch the news. Go home and read your newspaper. We see all this stuff go on. And I just want to encourage you, be what God's called you to be. Again, going back to this. Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That tells me, friends, that serving God will be an inconvenience to my life and to yours.
But the reward that God will give you for doing that will last for eternity. So if you're inconvenienced for a little while for the sake of the gospel, consider this. Eternity is a long time in which God will bless you. And always remember, God's shovel is a lot bigger than yours. And what you think you're giving to God, look, God, what I'm giving to you, God's hand is so much bigger to turn around and give back to you. Let him bless you. Let him heal you this morning. And as you, as you move, I just in, invite you to think about that. You know, friends, I don't know that it's something, okay, I'm going to stop being a rat and I'm going to start being good. You know, I don't think it happens quite like that. I think the desire can begin when we come to Christ. But, you know, it's God that changes the way we look at life. And God changes the way we see things and see people. There's an old story about on a beach that the sea had receded and left a bunch of starfish stranded on the beach. And this little boy was down there picking them up and throwing them back into the water again and picking them up and throwing them back in the water again. And there was thousands of them on the beach. And this man walking by says, you don't really think you're going to make a difference, do you? There's thousands of them out here stranded. As he picks up one, he throws it back in the ocean, goes, made a difference to this one. And friends, I just want to encourage you, make a difference. It may be one, but you never know who that one may influence. And that one may influence, and that one may influence. Be about your father's business. This morning, you know, you might say, well, Mike, I'm, I'm distant from God. I don't know who God is. I mean, I... Heard about him when I was in Sunday school and as a kid, and I sure used his name in vain a lot when I was cussing, but I really don't know him. You know, the Bible says what has separated you from your relationship with God is, is your rebellion, is your sin. You're, you're saying, I'm going to do life my way. And you know when we always hear people say, have you repented and accepted Christ? People say, well, what do I repent from? Doing it your way. See, a lot of times we just want to think, well, it's what we commonly think of sin being. But no, sin is saying, I'm doing it my way, and I'm not going to do it your way, God. Think again about this. When God got me, when God got you, He got all of us. Our resources, our abilities. And so, Lord, here I am. Do what you want to do with me. I realize that I'm only going to be maybe on this earth another 40 years, maybe. If I'm blessed, maybe 50 years. And... I think about that. And so, God, for what I got left, it's yours. You're pretty, you know what I've got. You know more of what I got than what I got. You know, God knows about your abilities that you may not even know about. And, and, and say, Lord, here I am. I'm gonna, I, can, I could continue to live my life selfishly and do it my way. Or I'm going to say, okay, God, you show me what you want me to do. And you know what I found? In God, you know, everybody thinks that the minute that we do that, that your life, all of a sudden God says, okay, here's the shackle. Here's the chain. Clank. Here's the ball. Thunk. Live with it. No. As a matter of fact, the Bible says those that come to him, he gives life and life more abundantly to. All of a sudden now you begin to think, hey, I used to be enchained to stuff that doesn't matter in eternity. Now God has set me free. And yeah, there's an inconvenience there because of what I used to rely on. But now I look and say, well, God, this is what you've got for me for eternity. And this is great. And now serving God isn't like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? It's okay, God. This is great. Now my life's going to mean something. And you know what? When you are blessed by God, it's going to show in your life.
And you know what? I always can tell because people around you that are in rebellion to God hate it. <laughs> they just get all freaky. Because they see the Holy Spirit moving in your life. They see the blessings in your life. They see that you're not wasting your life. And they're jealous of that. And they'll do anything that they can do to try to stop that. Friends, I just want to encourage you this morning. If you, again, are distant from God, come home to Jesus. If you're not a Christian this morning, get right with God. Because He's got a whole lot more to give you than you could ever give Him. Again, His shovel's a lot bigger than yours. So this morning, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, you've lived in rebellion, say, well, I'm doing it my way. You know what I can tell you? I know I know one thing, you're not happy. Because anybody that's ever done that ain't. Oh, you might say, well, I'm happy. Yeah, okay, ten minutes. And then what? You see, there's an emptiness. And that longing emptiness in our soul is what God wants to fill. And so this, this morning, if you have never received Christ, we're going to pray. And you can ask God to come in your life. You can repent of living it your way and say, Okay, God, from now on, I'm going to live it your way. I'm going to deny myself. I want to do your thing. And Lord, I'm going to look for your blessings in my life every day. You know what? You never know what God's going to do. He might say, You know what? I'm going to bless you financially. I'm going to bless you in ways you never dreamed. Or, or you know what? I'm going to take you out of your rut. And you are in a rut. How did you get into that? Dust you all off? And send you maybe over across the sea to be a missionary. You know what? We've got a couple people who returned from missionaries. I, I, I was over in Tonga. It's nice. Palm trees. It never gets colder than 75 degrees. Never gets hotter than 90. Oh, I'm suffering for Jesus here. Um, and telling people about the... It was wonderful. So friends, I don't know what God's going to do in your life. But let Him do it. What are you doing that's so important? You can't be about your father's business. And so as we come to God, we repent say, okay, Lord, let's do it here. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226 and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time for more It's Time. It's time.